Hey, I know you're excited to dive into today's episode, but real quick, I want to invite you to a free event in which I am hosting. Kicking off on Monday, July 17th, is a Blossom and a Rise, a free five-day challenge that is designed to help you create, embrace, and ultimately step into your next best chapter of life. Sound intriguing? If so, sign up is free. Head on over to gritgraceinspiration.com slash challenge. That link is found inside of today's show notes. Enjoy the episode. What's up, party people? It's your boy, DC, the brain supreme of tag team. You're listening to Grit, Grace, and Inspiration. Whoop! There it is. Sprinkles! Welcome to Grit, Grace, and Inspiration. I'm your host, Kevin Lowe, and I'm excited to welcome you inside. This is the kind of place where your glass will never be anything other than half full because we choose to focus on the positive side of life. Now, this doesn't mean that we shy away from the real talk. No, not a chance. Matter of fact, we explore all aspects of life from the good, the bad, and the ugly. But all of that is done with one purpose. To inspire you to never give up on life, even when it may seem like life has given up on you. Now I get it. Life is hard. But starting today, you've got grit, grace, and inspiration. What's going on and how are you today? My name is Kevin Lowe, your host, and today is episode 151. Today we are in the studio jamming out with none other than DC the Brain Supreme. It's no doubt that everybody knows the infamous whoop, there it is. And well, today I've got the man behind the song. That's right. We are sitting down with DC Glenn, otherwise known as DC the Brain Supreme, part of the 90s hip hop duo tag team. We're going to go behind the song, behind the group, and get to discover the story that runs through DC's life. The story of entrepreneurship, the story of music, the story of keeping it real, of being relevant all through the ages, and ultimately having massive success off of a single album. So whether you're into whoop, there it is, or you just love that Geico commercial, scoop, there it is. Today is your day. Because we are about to dive into my interview with DC, the Brain Supreme. Before we get to that interview today, I do want to remind you that if you are interested in being a part of this podcast, now is your opportunity. Because I am offering you the chance to get off of the sidelines and get into the show by signing up for a free life roadmap planning session. Me and you, we're going to sit down and we're going to figure out what your goals are, what your obstacles are, and we're going to figure out a roadmap to help you get over those obstacles and start achieving those goals. And then that gets aired on this very podcast. 
head on over to workwithkevin.coach. That is workwithkevin.coach if interested. And if interested, what does that even mean? Of course you're interested. So head on over to workwithkevin.coach right after today's episode and get signed up. But now it's my pleasure to introduce you to DC, the Brain Supreme. My parents, especially my father, loaded up our basement with full of instruments. He's like, y'all gonna play music. So the first thing he made me try was the trumpet. And I did not want to play trumpet, but I played trumpet and got out of that after a while. My mother made me take piano lessons. Didn't like that. And it wasn't until I went to high school and switched high schools in the 11th grade where I met Steve at Manuel High School in Denver, Colorado. And they had a band that would perform at lunchtime sometimes in the quad. And I was like, I got to be in that band. And I also worked at in the truancy office, <laughs> giving out passes for Miss Patton and Miss Perry. And down the hall, Dr. Joyce Davis conducted the Bolt Vibrations Choir. And it was just, it was always beautiful music coming from that room. And I used to just stand outside and listen. And one day she was like, caught me. And she was like, boy, come here. And she's like, what you doing out there? And I was like, I'm just listening to the music, Miss Davis. She's like, all right, go on. But then it, it got me so good. I came after <laughs> school and I was like, what I got to do to be in the choir, Miss Davis? And I was in the choir. And then what really bought it full circle is I went to my first high school dance at Manual. And the DJ had, it was like in the 80s, two turntables and a mixer. And I was like, I will be a DJ. And I became masterful at all three. <laughs> went to college and pretty much DJed every fraternity and sorority party. Started DJing all the clubs. Started writing lyrics in class when I should have been studying. Started taking advantage of the new technology, which back then was a four-track recorder, which is a tape with four tracks that you can make songs with. And slowly but surely began to get very good at creating songs and DJing. And it ended up being my career. And I moved to Atlanta, Georgia after I graduated from Sac State. And Steve was already down here going to the Art Institute. And we have always been tag team since the band. So we just decided to keep it going. And I was supposed to get a job at CNN when I moved to Atlanta, but I ended up working at a club, the nightclubs. And lo and behold, I got to play my own records. And then all of a sudden, we're in the Southeast <laughs> where they play up-tempo bass music, but we're hip hop because we're from Denver, Colorado. And I knew that we had to make an up-tempo record. And our first attempt to make an up-tempo record was Woomp, There It Is. And I kind of got frustrated because everybody was loving that record in the clubs. But the record companies were, you know, they were courting me a little bit, but they were playing with me because they didn't know how to do it. Because back then it was just New York and L.A. But uh, a friend of mine told me to call a gentleman named Al Bell. For those who don't know, Al Bell is... Back in the soul era, there were three, the first three soul record companies were Philly International, Motown, Barry Gordy, and Stax Records with Al Bell. And he had, he had put out a record in 92 called Daisy Dukes by Deuce. That was an up-tempo record and it went gold. And I was like, let me call him because I don't mind going gold. We weren't even thinking about platinum. We were just trying to be, we just wanted to be stars, right? And gave him a call. He called me back two weeks later. And I was like, look, dude, I have a hit record. I've tested it. Everybody loves it. You need to sign us. And he was like, okay. 
I was like, whoa, 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 don't play with me, dude. Don't play with me. He's like, no. I was like, you haven't even heard the record. He was like, brother, I don't have to hear the record. I hear it in your spirit. Let's agree to agree. <laughs> Let's get this thing moving. And I gave my two weeks at the club, signed a messed up record contract. And in a month and a half, tag team was platinum. And the rest is history. Wow. So what year was that, that 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 all went down when you guys went platinum? 1993. Okay. Okay. And how, about like how long was that after you actually wrote the song? Probably, it was in, we wrote the song, like everybody thinks it was this big Manhattan project. And we had on lab coats and <laughs> going through theorems and all kinds of things like that. And it was nothing like that. <laughs> it was basically the... It was the thesis of every song, whether it's country, soul music, blues, rock and roll, whatever. It's about young men having fun on a Friday night, chasing women and partying, right? And it just hit. It was just a song yeah. we made. And, you know, then the hard work began because you're young, you sign a messed up record deal, and you don't know it. And either you become an old, bitter rapper or you stand up as a man and vow that those things that happen to you will never happen to you again. And I chose the latter. So here I stand today before you, still a rap artist, still revered, and have made a career of 30 years out of one record. And that just doesn't <laughs> happen. It takes a lot of hard work along the way, and that's what makes me who I am. Because I don't give up. I play offense. I will learn anything I have to learn. And I am strategic about how I do what I do. And, you know, that is a blessing within itself that I have always been that way. And I owe that to my parents. You know, they they work me like a dog. So as a grown <laughs> man, I don't fear work. And, yeah. you know, we had a choice when we were young. It's like, okay. If you want to play with your friends, you can play with your friends. But if you don't go to church, you can't go nowhere. <laughs> they did us like that. <laughs> so they took, they took the things that we love the most and they gave us a choice. It's like, either you're going to do this or you're not going to go do what you want to do. So therefore, you know, that was my upbringing, a series of choices. And I can say 90% of the time, we always made the right choice. And that molds a child into a man. And, you know, that's... You know, what I'm doing now is I'm starting my motivational speaking career to talk to people about the things I wish someone had talked to me about when I was a young man and tell the people who think that there's no hope and that they can't do it, that there are so many practical ways that you can live the life you want to live and the life that you think you deserve. But it's going to take work. And that's what I'm all about. Yeah, Does that make sense? I love it. I love it. Yeah. It does. 100%. Yeah. Now, like, I just mm. want to ask you, I mean, coming from from my perspective, who knows nothing about the whole music industry, when we talk about a record label, because that's like mm -hmm. every artist's dream, they get the record. But you you kept referring to that one as like basically a messed up deal. Would you would you mind kind of divulging a little bit what was messed okay, up about so it? What it's always been. Um, see, as a grown man, it is my responsibility to handle my due diligence, right? And when you're young, you don't know everything, so you do the best you can. But there are wolves out there who prey on sheep, 
And and everybody's young, they're a sheep. Even if we had gotten a lawyer, it still would have went, would have been, you know, because you're young, you think you're invincible. So, you know, our fatal flaw was that it was supposed to be split 50-50. And we did get some money, right? But there was a thing where they were going to get sued and we had to move the music over to another entity. And the record company's like, we'll administer everything. It'll still be 50-50, but we'll administer everything. It's called administration. Well, if the record company has administration, they can always, now we're talking about recoupment. They have the power because they can say, well, you still owe us money for this, this, that, that, and that. And then they can play the recoupment game for years. And that's what happened. And that's where most artists don't have anything after the stardom fades. And I vowed that that would never happen to me again. And it was hard, right? But I was sitting in a movie theater, I think 2003. And all of a sudden, I'm watching Will Ferrell dance on a table to Elf to Woomp There It Is. And I got pissed. But I had to push that to the back of my head because that's the glass half empty. That does not serve you. What's the glass half full? The glass half full is that my song is in a... Christmas movie that is a hit Christmas movie that will live forever. Therefore, my song will live forever. It is up to me to go get my money. And when I switch that switch in my brain, (laughs) we have been flourishing ever since because you have to sequester all those emotions, right? And you have to just work. Pin your ears back and work and figure it out and come up with different ways. Learn how to be your own publicist. Learn how to do your own graphics. Learn how to be your own booking agent. Learn how to do all these things that make other artists successful because it's not, nobody's going to ever give you anything, nor should you expect people to give you anything. See, people love to make excuses, right? They don't teach us that. Well, they're not supposed to. This is life. Life is baked in the cake. Now, I feel that it's my obligation and my responsibility to teach people because I have been blessed. And if I don't do that, I'm just on earth, right? But it's what you do for other people. Exactly, exactly. So when I talk to artists, they're like, man, what I got to do to get in the game? And I'm like, well, for me to waste my time with you, I'm not going to do that. But if you want me to tell you, read this book and call me in a month. And I can tell you 95% of the people don't call me back. But those who do, it's a book about music publishing. The very book with the keys to the kingdom so they don't have to go through what I went through. But I'm not going to run around and beg you to read the book. You got to show me you want it, right? And that's what this is all about. And once I explain it to you, the money, the clothes, the cars, the girls, the fame, all that's the front end. But the back end is, what do you have when all of that fades? All you have is the rights to your music. If you don't have the rights to your music, you have nothing. So everything that you did means nothing in the scheme of life, right? So if you have a mediocre record, you could work that record forever because you can redo it. You can rehash it. You can make a remix. You can license it to TV commercials. You can license it to, you know, for all kinds of things. You You can make a living off that record. And lucky for us, half of the publishing we, we had in our name, so we were able to live and make a good wage off of royalties for the rest of our lives. So it worked for us in a sense. But in reality, it's like getting, you know, 40 cents when you should have gotten a dollar. And that's hard. That's hard. You know, it, it wears on you a little bit, but you just have to sequester those feelings because that's more of a pride issue. Right. I take full responsibility because I'm grown. 
And once you take full responsibility and let it go, then you're truly free. And that's why I pin my ears back. And that's why we 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 get Geico commercials and we're on the mass Singer. And we, <laughs> yesterday I was at the Falcons game and then I did a show Saturday. And then last, I'm about to, you know, I'm an actor and I'm a voice artist. And I do all these things because my life, I get to do a whole bunch of things a little bit because of everything that I've been through and, and because of who I am. So that is a story people rarely hear. You're going to hear the story where somebody's bitter and they're just still mad at the record company for doing what they did to them. And I'm like, that doesn't serve you. So what what do you credit for giving you that different outlook on a bad situation? Because like you said, a lot of people, they get lost in it. They get brought down and they can't focus forward because of what happened to them. What do you credit for giving you the a different mindset? Because I have learned to twist my way of thinking, right? So there's several, several ways to do this. One way when you're young is I just always figure out things, right? And then I've always been willing to work, right? I've always shoveled snow. I've always raked leaves. I've always cut grass. I've always washed cars. Whatever I could do to make money, I would do. And I had a paper route when I was eight. I worked at the AV department when I was 13, Dolly Madison Ice Cream, 14, worked at restaurants, worked at Mile High Stadium, Denver, Colorado, running around selling Pepsis. I've always made money. And when I started DJing in the clubs, being a DJ in the club is like riding the bus. You get to see the best of humanity. You get to see all forms of humanity. I'm looking at a club where there's 3,000 people in this club and I'm driving the bus and they respond to everything I do. So I have to be able to read the room. And years of looking at basic human humanity not only teaches you how people react to things, but it also teaches you what not to do. Because if your morals are correct and, you know, you have some sense of that, you know what's right and you know what's wrong. And then you really get to see people enact the things that you never should do. And I became very masterful of that. But at the same time, what I've realized that the nuggets of wisdom are, you know, you have to mind them deep in negativity. What do they say? Don't hang around. You need to get new friends. Don't hang around negative people. Negative people will ruin you. No, they won't. Not if you look at the way I look at it. What if the most negative people in your life are the people that you love the most? You better figure it out. And when they <laughs> get negative on you or if anybody gets negative on me, I'm listening because what if what they're saying is right, right? Now, mm. I, I know that they don't know what they're talking about, but what if what they were saying was right? <laughs> what would you do? Right. What would you do? How would you how would you fix? It? And when you go through that process, now you have a toolbox in your tool shed of life. So when that uh, problem or excuse or situation comes upon you in life, because what I said earlier, life is baked in the cake. You can never be mad at life because life is going to do what it does. But you can be prepared not to get blindsided. And preparation to not get blindsided requires that you have to put your pride to the side and your ego to the side and listen and truly catch the nuggets of positivity and negativity. And that's what I've always done. It's as simple as looking at the glass half full instead of the glass half empty, right? I love when people come and give me excuses why they can't do something because I will figure out a solution why they should. I love when people come with their problems because then I ask them, well, 
what's your solution? And they're like, what? Because some people love to wallow in their own misery because that's what makes them feel good. But they can't tell you what they want, what they want out of life, what's the bright side of things. And those are the people that are truly lost. And they might be good people. So I've just been able to study people all my life. And for me, I just hustle. I'm not (laughs) emotionally attached to the things that I do. If I plant a seed, like you don't plant a seed, you know what I'm saying? My thing is about preparation and planning and preparing the soil and doing all these things. You don't plant a seed, sit there Indian style and say, hey, all right, seed, I need you to grow. This seed's not growing. Man, this seed don't work. Now, we know a lot. Of, I quit. There's a, we know a lot of people who don't took a real estate course or some course, and now they're like, yeah, I'm rich now. And it's like, no, you're not. We know a lot of people who don't wrote a book. <laughs> yeah, I wrote a book and it's on Amazon. Yeah, but you're not selling any books because people get, I call it, people get fugazied by the accomplishment, right? And the accomplishment mm, yep. is only the beginning. Then the hard work starts. So I don't get emotionally attached to things that I do. If it works, it works. If it don't, it don't. But you plant that seed and you keep it moving because you don't know how long it's going to take that seed to grow. And that seed might come back five years later, hit you in the head. And now you're prepared for it because you wouldn't have planted the seed in the first place if you weren't prepared. And that's how I look at things. I just look at things differently and I look at things practically. And as you get older, most people think they can't keep learning. Most people get stuck in their own way. They get stuck in the past. And I'm not like that. You know, and the biggest advice I give to people and people are like, huh? Join an organization. If there's some, I'm a part of 25 different organizations. If I want to learn, you see my body, when I, if you look at my emails, you'll see at the bottom, all the organizations I'm a part of. That was two years ago. I got to redo that because that's going to stretch across the page now. <laughs> because organizations are filled with people who have been loving their profession for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years and can't wait to tell you about their vast experience and all the things that they've done. And organizations are to help you. Outside of organization, people might be hating on you. Inside of an organization, every conference I've gone to, everybody's trying to help me. And that has squeezed my learning curve from years to weeks. Because if somebody's sitting there saying, I've been doing this for 40 years. This is how you do this. This is what you avoid. This is how you do this. You want to use these. Organization has the resources. They have the financial resources. They can tell you how to build your business if that's what you want to do. So if you want to do a coin laundry, you can do that. If you want to do as a coin laundry association of America, if you want to be a notary, you can do that. There's a notary association of America. I'm a part of the National Speakers Association. I'm part of all kinds of different organizations because I want to learn how these things work. Once I learn how these things work, I hit the ground running because I know I'm willing to put in the work to get good at it. And I always ask people, what do you want? And they can't tell me. And then they get mad and they flip it on me. Be like, what do you want? And I'd be like, I want mastery. (laughs) They're like, mastery? And I'm like, yeah, mastery. Because even if you'll never achieve mastery because things grow, things change, things evolve. But now I'm in the ballpark. And, you know, when you're young, people are they're jack of all trades. My father used to tell me this all the time. You're a jack of all trades, master none. Like, yeah, but if you live long enough, hustle hard enough, learn how to learn. Because it's not enough just to learn. You got to learn how to learn, right? That's the key. 
and just keep playing offense and keep moving forward, you become masterful at all those trades. And now they combine and come back to serve you in ways you could have never imagined. And now you're making deals. You're living the life that you deserve because not only are you not afraid and fearful of the things that need to be done, and even if you are fearful of the things that need to be done, you can do two things at one time. You could be scared and keep it moving. I tell people that all the time, it's like, everybody's scared, but it's the ones who go, who run through that brick wall and, and be like, wait a minute, this brick wall is made of styrofoam. And I had it, I, I thought it was made of rocks and steel and nuclear composite energy. Like, you see how people psych themselves out, but it is, it is difficult. I'm not going to lie. It is difficult. Everything I say is easier said than done, but it's what's got to be done. And if it's what's got to be done, I I'm going to do it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I'm curious though, along this journey, I mean, is there any specific moment that, that you can think back to that really stands out as a low point? Something that really forced you to dig deep into what you know to, to get past it and, and keep going? I mean, you know, there are several, but I just fight through them, right? I mean, perfect example, the pandemic. Pandemic is probably one of the greatest things ever happened to me. The other side is the other side of pandemic. We all know what that side is, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the, the side of the pandemic where what, what did it for me is that, oh, no, we're all in the Serengeti together. What are you going to be, predator or prey, right? Everybody asked themselves the same question. What the hell am I going to do? And... <laughs> I had to go through the list. I can do this, 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 this. I can't do that, can't do that, can't do that. But I can rock this microphone. And I reinvented myself in voiceover because whenever I take a class or everything, I record all of the things that I do. So I got all these recordings of my classes from back in 2009. I organized them. I had never listened to them, but I just organized them. And I'm a voice artist. I've got a booking agent. You know, I've got agents and everything. But I went back. I said, I want to get better at something. And listening to my first voiceover class, it brought tears to my eyes because I had to, first of all, I had to listen to my old self-talk, which is cringeworthy <laughs> within that because you're just ignorant. You're, you're, you're 10 years ignorant, more ignorant than you are today. <laughs> Let's put it that way, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yep. <laughs> I used to blame my coaches because... I thought I could just whoop, there it is, my way through anything. But I was wrong. And I had to listen to myself, blah, blah, blah. And I listened to my first voiceover script that I did, and it just was just horrible. But at the same time, I was understanding what they were trying to teach me because I never gave up. And I got good at voiceover, but then I became an actor, and I started learning the language. See, I didn't know the language back then. And I went back, did my first script over. And it was angelic because it was the first time I had truly had mastery over my voice. And I went through 40 sessions in the month of March and April and started booking instantly because that was the COVID era. And that was, we're all in this together. COVID, right? <laughs> it's going to be okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it was that yeah, voice, yeah. right? <laughs> You know what yeah. I'm saying? You know, you know, across the miles, the U.S. will get through this. We'll get through this together. <laughs> <laughs> like, and you attach it to a product. I started booking, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I got, you know, my coach, my acting coach calls me. She's like, hey, uh, you, you willing to travel? 
And I was like, yeah, I got a hazmat suit. <laughs> and she was like, I got a movie for you. <laughs> and I hadn't started acting until 2017. And then I... Oh, wow. I shot my first movie in the cornfields of Nebraska. Came back, shot another movie in South Georgia. And then was booking Publix commercials. You know about Publix being in Florida. Publix and other grocery yeah. chain commercials. <laughs> and here come Geico. Okay. And my agent called me like, DC, Lena, beautiful Miss Lena. He said, DC, you just booked a Geico commercial. I was like, Lena, why are you playing with me in a pandemic? I haven't even auditioned for a Geico commercial. What are you talking about? She's like, no, DC tag team. Oh, and I checked the tag team phone, and there it was. Now, if we go back to 2011, the world thought that Barack Obama was in our music video, right? Because of this Gawker article. Okay. So for two weeks, we did press. NBC, ABC, you got a rig, you got a shot in the arm with our career. But I was pissed because at the end of two weeks, I had no money in my pocket. And when something mm. negative, when you, you add the question you asked at the beginning, what was the low point of your life? Well, I don't even let it get that far because when something like that happens, I vow that it'll never happen again. And I will educate myself ad nauseum to make sure that it doesn't happen again. And that's what started my SEO career, search engine optimization, the ability to get on the front page of Google. Back then, you type in tag team, it was all wrestling. This was the beginning of social media. So I learned it. It's been a 12-year journey. And even five years ago, you type in tag team, it was all wrestling or it was a real estate duo who... We're the tag team now and all that. But then you type in tag team today, it's all tag team. And <laughs> because of what I've done and that, they were able to find me. And they didn't wait for me to call them back. They found me on IMDB, which is my acting portal. Then they called my agent. When they called my agent, I let my agent make it because now I don't have to get lawyers to do anything. And I trust my agent because we've been making money for years. And then it is, it turned out being the biggest deal I've ever made in my life, even bigger than Wound, there it is. And that <laughs> is what being relentless and not giving up and working as hard as you can and striving and striving and striving does for you because you get one life and we all get choices in this life. And I'm going to ride this thing till the wheels fall off. I'm 56 years old. I feel brand new. I feel like a baby, right? Because I get to, I've yeah. used my brain now more than I ever used it before, right? I wish I had been this way when I was in college. I might be building rockets and all kind of crap, right? <laughs> so, but things happen for a reason. They happen for a reason. Yep. And like I said, I love my life because I get to do a bunch of things a little bit. So nothing ever becomes a job. And then now I'm embarking on teaching everybody because everybody has excuses, well, I didn't have a father and I didn't have a mother. I, well, I had a beautiful father and a beautiful mother. And I can tell you everything that they taught me. And either you could take it or leave it. There's no excuse, right? There's no excuse. Yeah. Your life is your life. We all had stuff in our life that messes with us. Some more severe than others. But it's you got a choice. Am I going to educate myself? Am I going to be lazy, right? Am I going to blame everybody else for everything that happens to me? Or am I going to just not even care? And just keep moving forward. Everybody has a choice. And I think I made the biggest choice of all is, you know, this is my statement, man. And I live by this, you know, forever. I will not lose to me. I'm not. I'm not going to lose to myself. And that's what happens to a lot of people. They lose to themselves. They're the biggest saboteur yep. there is. 
I'm not going to lose to me. Now, other forces, I have no control. I only have control of what I do, right? So people will get mad. Well, they make laws for them and this and that. And I'm like, well, they obviously made that law to enrich somebody. So figure out who they made that law for. Adapt your business to get the riches that that other people get instead of complaining about it. People are not yeah. willing to do that. That takes yeah. work. People want to be, nobody, yep. I know that nobody's going to yep. give me anything. I get it faster by going to learn it and take it and take advantage of it, right? That's why nobody went back. People think people didn't want to go back to work because they were lazy. No, people didn't want to go back to work because the government said, hey, we want to give you some money. And those people's like, you know what? I don't want to go back to work because this feels good because everybody had to stop. And if I can get this 125 from the government, let me start my own business because I would rather do my own business and fail than go back to work and be miserable. And what has happened? People have figured it out. Now people have businesses all across this country and there's a new generation of wealth being built because of a pandemic. And people just don't see it. But it's like if you're sitting there waiting for it to get back the way it used to be, you're going to be sitting there waiting for it to get back the way it used to be because the <laughs> paradigm has shifted. This is a whole new world, right? This is yeah, a whole new world. Exactly. And, exactly. It, and if, you're on t if, you, if you let life pass you by, then that's how you die. I've watched it happen to too yeah. many people. Pride kills people because they're stuck in their way of doing things, but life has passed them by. Therefore, when it comes time for them to be able to do something that is in the new world, they can't which might have a medical connotation to it, which might have an intellectual connotation to it. They can't because they didn't take the time to stay up with it and keep learning. And I will not make that mistake because I've watched too many men, women do that. And I'm just trying to spread it to the world that there's an easier way to do it. There's always another way. You don't have to do it like everybody else does it. There's always another way. So that's why I do a podcast or two every day because... The Lord has blessed me with this gift of running my mouth. And I've been doing it so much that some smart things are starting to come out now. <laughs> and people listen to me. <laughs> and then people want to pay me because of the smart things that are coming out of my mouth and the experiences that I have. And then you realize that you are enough. You can leverage all your experiences in your life. People are like, man, you did. Whoop, there it is. I was like, people don't know I done whoop, there it is when they meet me. I don't tell anybody yeah. that. Yeah, you 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 already wow. you already doing wow. business with me by my character and by how I how I carry myself professionally. Won't there it is is the cherry on top. <laughs> but yeah, that's how I play. Exactly. That's how I said. That's how you leverage it. Because if I go in and say, well, you know, yes. I'm there it is. So you should give me something. They're gonna look at you like yeah. you're crazy. But if you go yeah. in there and you show them that you're professional, and that you're up on your game, then you drop won't there it is on them. They're like, oh my god. My kids love you. My, my granddaddy loves that commercial. Now you're in the game because now they got people love to go tell somebody that they did something with somebody. So they get to go tell them, yeah, the guy that made the scoop there is commercial. I did. I, I was with him today. And they're like, what? Are you serious? And that reaction right there makes it all worth it. <laughs> yeah, you see what I mean? But you see what I mean? Yeah. It goes back to, you know, humanity. I've got to watch humanity my whole life. So I know I, I can answer the questions for people. Right. Because that's all this is. Life is SEO for me, because SEO in a nutshell is when you get up every morning or somebody gets up every morning and types something into Google. You are asking a question and you need something. So if I can provide that question and be that service on the other side without you even knowing it, I get to get paid. That's <laughs> all it is.
Get in front yeah. of the people who can pay yeah. you. That's it. So people think I do podcasts for press. I'm going to, I do podcasts for the backlinks. I do podcasts yep. because it helps my articulation. I do podcasts because I know when somebody's engaged and when somebody's not, and they, I can pivot. I don't discriminate on any podcast. I've done podcasts with foreigners. I've done podcasts with country people, families, racist, all kind of thing. I don't, you have to be able to adapt to what is thrown at you. And podcasts, being a guest, helps me do that. And I'm sure on your end, talking to people all the time helps you do the same, right? So yeah, everything absolutely. that you do can be leveraged absolutely. into something positive in your life, even if it's negative. Because if it's yeah. negative, you know not to do it yeah. again. So it's just about how you think about things. So that is my thing. But I just want to thank you for letting me come on your platform and run my mouth because I know I like to do that. <laughs> and I've learned a lot today because I learned more from talking to people. So I appreciate you, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. Listen, mm -hmm. I got one last question. I got one last question yeah. for you. When I listen to your story, the biggest thing that I look at it is as I look at you, you stayed the course. Even when things yeah. got tough, when you got the bad end of the deal, you stayed the course. What is one piece of advice you would give the person out there who is maybe you back in those days? When when you were when somebody did something wrong, when when you got the short end of the stick? What is one piece of advice you would give them? Think about the solution, right? Because it's going to come in the form of a problem. So what's the problem? You know, give me an example. And I can give you a solution, right? Yep. We're a messed up record deal. Now we're in a legal battle. You know what I mean? I'm never going to get any money again. Man, this sucks. No, we're in a legal battle. I know that I'm going to get my day in court, right? So what is it that you want out of that tragedy? So you have to be able to see it. What's the solution? For me, I see me getting my royalties back however long it takes. I see us winning this case. I see us having a career because we fought. Okay, man, DC, that ain't going to happen. They got way more money than you. They got way more resources than you. That ain't going to happen. Well, what if I pull back an inch? What's it look like then? Well, I'm still probably not going to be able to do it. You're right. Well, what if I pull back then? Well. I am putting together all the discovery because I was smart enough to save all the contracts and send all the stuff to my mother's house. So now I've had everything. Okay, you're doing that. Well, let's come back a little bit more. Well, I am learning how to talk like a lawyer and basically becoming a paralegal. So now I know what the heck these people are talking about. I know what emotion is. I know what the things are they're talking about with these two record companies that are ping-ponging us back and forth trying to get the, trying to steal our rights. Okay. You're doing that and you inch your way back to practicality. And what you've just done is you've created a stepladder to your goals and dreams because you saw it. You saw where you saw what you wanted, even if it was pie in the sky, fantastical, just unbelievable. You saw it. You saw the solution. Now you work your way back to practicality. Now it's up to your hustle. And that's what I leave you with. I love it. I love it. DC. First and foremost, a pleasure to have you on my show. A pleasure to meet you today. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I just uh, sincerely want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to be a guest here on my show. No problem, my friend. No problem. We'll do it again in a year. Fantastic. I'll have more stories for you. Sounds good, man. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. For you listening today, I hope you've enjoyed another phenomenal 
guests here on the podcast. As always, get out there and take on the day every day with grit, grace, and inspiration. Hey, real quick before you go, I have one last thought to leave you with. I, of course, hope that you've enjoyed today's episode, but more importantly, I want to remind you that I never want you to listen to an episode of this podcast to hear something that I have to say or that my guest has to share and think, wow, I wish I could be like them. I wish I could overcome my own challenges and do the great things that they are doing, but I just can't. Well, friend, that's where you are wrong. You are capable. You are able. And you darn sure are deserving of having all that you can imagine in this life. There's nothing special about me or any guests I have on this podcast. We are all just normal people trying to make it in this life. And so I encourage you to take a look at yourself in the mirror and remind yourself that, you know what? I can do it too. Now, of course, if you would like help along that way, reach out to me, whether that's as a listener of this podcast, a friend, or if you'd like to work with me as a coach, my contact information is inside of every episode's show notes, just like this one. So go down, check out my contact information and reach out to me today. With that said, I encourage you to take on the day every day with grit, grace, and inspiration.